Hi guys, it's Simple J, a sister here with another episode for you guys. I'm hoping everyone's doing great, staying in, social distancing, doing the proper hygiene, washing your hands for at least 20 seconds, just basically being careful, putting your mask on, your gloves out when you're going shopping or if you have to go outside for a little bit. And just basically being very careful and protecting yourselves and your family. It's really a tough time, so I just want to send you guys some love, positivity, and light. And hope everyone is staying as safe and as mentally sound as possible. Because staying in is not easy for a lot of people who are not used to being inside. There's a lot of people who get a lot of anxiety during this time because they're forced to be in. And they're not accustomed to being inside, they're accustomed to being outside, so it's a lot. So let's check up on our neighbors, check up on our family, check up on our friends who are not used to not being able to be outside and just being, living their normal lives of being able to travel back and forth to wherever. Because it's not easy for everyone to adjust to this type of situation, so let's just be mindful of that and check in on our loved ones and our friends Because a lot of people are struggling right now with mental health issues, especially those who have probably generalized anxiety or just anxiety and just being very agitated and a little bit upset over the fact that they can't move around and it's hard for them to adjust. Let's just be mindful of that. Let's just be wary of that and just be kind and compassionate and empathetic towards these people. Okay, guys. Today I want to discuss the Chicago Bulls documentary that's on ESPN called The Last Dance. I recommend it highly. It's going to be a 10-part series. Two already passed last Sunday. I think you can get to ESPN and try to catch up on the first two episodes if you missed it. I highly recommend it because there are people who think that the NBA now is the best NBA version that's around. And I would like you guys to watch and see that the NBA then was absolutely bananas. It was great. It was exciting. It was entertaining. And some of the rules that were instituted then have changed now. So a lot of people like myself think the version now of the NBA is a little bit watered down, a little bit weaker because there are certain things that you couldn't do now that you could do then. And that's why a lot of people feel as though Michael Jordan would definitely fit in in today's NBA and not only fit in but dominate in today's NBA because he was just on another level. LeBron is great. Let's just not take away from the fact that LeBron is a freak of nature and he's able to keep his body finely in tune and keep himself healthy and he's now going into, I think, his 17th season and is still in peak condition and still able to compete on a different level and for that, you have to give that man credit and you have to stay in awe of that. And so the reason why I bring up LeBron, LeBron is that a lot of people tend to compare LeBron to Michael Jordan. And I think it's an unfair comparison, and I tell you why. Michael Jordan was just simply in a class by himself. Michael Jordan wasn't highly recruited out of high school like LeBron was. 
you know, a lot of people knew about LeBron through high school and he was highly recruited out of high school because he was just the heir apparent and everybody who thought he was just the best thing ever. Michael Jordan wasn't highly recruited out of high school. He wasn't even the best player in college when he went to North Carolina. He wasn't even the best player on the team. But what he did, if you listen to people who played with him during that time and who knew him during that time, he worked on his game. He worked on his body. He worked on his skills. He improved and he made everybody know that no matter how better those people were on the team compared to him in terms of skill or talent, he will outwork everybody on the team. And that's basically what he did. His work ethic is on another level. is unlike any other player of that time. There are stories of people who say he would be in the gym early and just putting in that work. And, of course, if you watch a documentary, you'll see when he was in college, he broke his foot. And he was basically supposed to sit out for a while. No, let me correct that. It wasn't college. It was early days in the NBA. He broke his foot. And he was supposed to be rehabbing and taking care of it. But... To show you how competitive Michael was, when the doctors told him he had a 10% chance of not being able to, you know, play again or walk again properly, he said, but there's a 90% chance I still would be fine. And without anyone in the organization knowing, he went back to North Carolina, his college, and started working out in the swimming pool and starting doing pickup games one-on-one, then it was two-on-two, then it was three-on-three, then it was four-on-four, till it was five-on-five. This is without anybody else knowing because he wanted to still exercise his right to be competitive and exercise his competitive juices and still be out there playing because he had such a love for the game. And he was able to come back for the rest of that season because his mantra, his idea was that I want to play to make sure my team makes it to the playoffs. Because he's always, his angle was always to make it to the playoffs, to give themselves a fighting chance to, you know, make it to the final game, which is the championship game. And this ideology and the way he carried himself in terms of his competitiveness is something we could take into account in our own lives. We need to be a little bit maybe more aggressive in how we do things in terms of our lives and more competitive and not just resign ourselves to the idea that, okay, if this doesn't work out, then that's what it is. No, we have to look at the upside of things and assert ourselves a little bit more. And basically, there is a movie called Be Like Mike. So let's be like Mike more and not just take no for an answer. Kick down every door until there's a yes. Basically, look at alternative ideas or ways around a negative situation. That's what he did. His foot was broken. And that was going to probably be the end of the season for him. But he thought, nah, that's not it. 
I'm going to push through and find a way around it. And he did. Some of us have hit roadblocks and we don't push through that wall and find our way around it. We tend to just resign ourselves to defeat and failure and just sit there and just wallow in self-pity and think that's the end of the line. So I'm just going to just live with that and that's the best it's going to be. And if we just employ a little of that mentality that Mike employed, we might see different results. We might even get a great result, a positive result. That's a win for us in the end. Another thing that I found from this documentary is that he was so competitive that even in practice, he was pushing players to do better. And even if he had to trash talk you in practice, because his mentality was, if you can't handle it here, you're never going to handle it on the big stage. You're never going to be able to compete on the highest stage there is. And sometimes we do that in our own lives. We don't realize that if we can't handle the, the crunch during the small things, that when it gets to the big things in our lives, we tend to crash and burn and think, okay, that's it. And we just give up easily. So what he was doing was preparing his teammates for greatness. Yes, he probably, in the eyes of many, would have been seen as a bad teammate because he was just pushing them and he was being very verbally abusive in a sense. But in his mind, he's a competitor and he wants to win. And his end goal is winning. And he knew that even if it took putting the whole team on his back and having them ride him out to the end, he was going to get to that end goal, which is winning. And sometimes we need to employ some of that in our own lives where we realize even if we have to take the whole team that we work with and ride, have them ride our backs until we get the project done or get our goals accomplished, that's very important. But some of us don't have that mentality. And so why I want you guys to watch this is maybe things that you see him employ in terms of his competitiveness, of of how he approaches the game, in the documentary, you might employ some of that in your lives, in terms of your workplace, in terms of your life, in terms of friendships, even in terms of relationships. Maybe you can employ some of that into your lives and you never know. The result might change. You might find a better outcome. Things might just simply improve. Instead of sitting on your laurels and just sitting back and being laid back and thinking, oh, okay, this is the best we can do. No, push through. You never know what's on the other side. In this documentary also, we get to see the financial side of the NBA back then because a lot of people were very upset with the fact that Scottie Pippen at the time had signed a eight-year contract or was it a seven-year contract for $18 million? He locked himself into a long-term contract. A lot of people had said to him, don't do that. It's not a good idea because you're not going to be earning that much. And then in hindsight, it turned out to be a very bad contract because then TV rights came into play and then they were making money off 
the rights that they sold for TV and promotions and stuff like that. But he had already locked himself into this long-term contract, so he couldn't benefit. And near the end of his contract, after Jordan had his bad contract, Jordan was making 30 plus million a year. And Scotty was way down on the list of players on that team who was making maybe two point something million a year. Granted, Scotty was like the Robin to Michael Jordan's Batman. So he was a second best player on that team, but he was making lower than even other bench players on that team. And his mentality signing that contract was that, you know, it was a lot of them. He had two parents who were in wheelchairs and stuff, and he had a lot of things he had to take care of, and he wanted to not gamble with his life. He wanted to make sure if something did happen, like if he got hurt or something, there was a guarantee that he will still be paid. But in that situation, we also get a lesson. To be a risk taker is always a good thing in some respects. Now, had he taken the risk and signed maybe a shorter term deal, maybe a four-year or a five-year, whatever contract, he would have ended up in the end once TV rights were bought and stuff like that, making a lot more money at an earlier point in his in in his Bulls or near the ending of his Bulls career than he was making. So had he just bet on himself, um, bet on him being able to garner all the promotions and be able to garner a lot of interest in him, he would have come out so much better from that contract and this is a lesson to us in life that sometimes it's best to bet on ourselves because if no one knows better than you what you are capable of doing and sometimes it's best to just bet on you knowing in the end it will work out no matter what sometimes we're afraid to take risk in life and because of that we just go by sitting and just doing the basics and just coasting and not trying to take the big risks that will earn us big rewards because we're afraid or we don't think it's going to work out. Most of these billionaires or wealthy people in the world, how do you think they were able to do what they do? Yes, it took hard work. Yes, it took discipline, but it also took a big risk. They took a risk, not knowing if it was going to work or not, but they gambled and bet on themselves and hoped against hope that their gamble would pay off. So with that Scottie Pippen situation, it just makes us realize that we should all learn to risk and bet and invest in ourselves and just know that we sometimes are our best to know what's going to work out for us, know ourselves, know what we're capable of doing. And it's just important to know that if you don't bet on yourself, you can't expect anyone to believe in you as much as you believe in yourself or want to invest in you if you don't believe in yourself 100%. 
another thing with this documentary is that you get to see the different dynamics of people who came together in order for them to win a championship. The general manager, Jerry Krause, who ends up letting his ego get in the way and maybe cost them not winning more championships because he just had a little Napoleon complex where it was the little guy in a room of big guys and thought he need to exert himself a little bit too much. And now he probably had cost them the just the chance of winning maybe a seventh or an eighth championship. Who knows? Then you had the owner who managed to keep his hands clean, but probably behind the scenes was still doing slick stuff to, you know, get everything in place and maybe also contributed to the downfall or the end of that dynasty. And then there was Phil Jackson, who you get to see his backstory, how he became the coach of the Chicago Bulls, and that was through Jerry Krause, who found him playing in a lower league. He was coaching in a lower league and brought him to be an assistant coach and then eventually the coach of the Chicago Bulls. And because of that, I guess Jerry Krause felt he owed him and he should be indebted to him. And not realizing that it was important for Phil to take care of his players and he was there to coach and not necessarily just be a pawn for the general manager and the owner. So you get to see the different dynamics. Then you get to see the dynamics of uh, Dennis Rodman, who we've all heard stories about, wild stories about, and his personality, and how that gelled with the others, especially a uh, Scottie Pippen. And you get to see the other role players. That's a Steve Kerr. That's a Tony, Tony Kukoc. That's a Ron Harper. That's a Bill Wellington. It's a very, very interesting documentary, but... I want us to watch and keep our minds open and our, and basically understand what it took for Michael Jordan to become Air Jordan, to become the Air Apparent, to become labeled as the best that ever do it. We get to see a behind the scenes into the mind, the mentality, and the ability, and just the person that is Michael Jordan. And you get to see the behind scenes of how everything gelled together and how everything unfolded, how they were able to work together as a team to accomplish a goal. And the goal ultimately for most who play sports is to win a championship. And another reason why most people say Jordan is the best is every time he went to the finals, he won. There was never a, oh, he, he, no, he won. He went, his goal was to win and he won. And then you'll hear people who say, oh, but LeBron went to the finals and came back from three what? 3-1 down to win. Yeah, but Je Jordan was never in a position to have to come back from 3-1 down. They were always in the position to always either sweep or they won the series 4-1 or 4-2.
there was never a doubt that they were going to win the series because Jordan wouldn't let it happen. That was his mentality. He's going in. He's going for the kill shot. He's going for the jugular. It is over. And there is no doubt as to what the results are going to be. The only question maybe is how many points is Jordan going to score today? Because that was the only question most people had when Jordan played in the finals. How many points is he going to score today? What What is the end number going to be? So he was just an assassin on the basketball court. That's why most of us who lived through the Jordan era, who watched Jordan, who was able to see his progression and how he got progressively better, and the level of competition and this, the way how the basketball was played then will say that there should never be a comparison between a LeBron and a Michael Jordan. There, There's no comparison there. Because Jordan literally willed, took his team on his back and willed them to win. He was never swept in the finals. He never had to come back from... down deficit. He just never let that happen. Once he was there, the mission was to win. Period. Point blank. No question. And another thing that you get to see with this documentary is also that if he had not taken those two years off to play baseball... Who knows how many championships they could have won. It could have easily been seven or eight. It easily could have been more. You get to see how the next episodes are going to let you guys see how he improved his game after going up against the bad boy Pistons. A lot of you didn't, er, didn't grow up in the era where the Pistons were great. You had Isaiah Thomas and the rest of the guys. Dennis Rodman was also on the Bad Boy Pistons. And when he had to play the Pistons, it was tough. They had some tall guys in the middle who literally put a beating on Michael when he had to go in and do a layup or do a fade or do a one-on-one. It was tough. But what did Michael do? He wasn't like these new school NBA players who complain, hey, ref, you need to look at this guy. Look what he's doing. No, he never did that. He went into the gym and got bigger and got stronger and worked on his skill level and adjusted his game. So the next time he went up against these guys, he just knew how he was going to be different, better, and able to counteract whatever they throw at him. This is what makes Jordan, not only Jordan, but this is what makes Michael Jordan above the rest. In the clouds and everybody else is just basically on earth. He's in the galaxy all to himself. He's on another level, another plateau. He can't be touched. His mentality about the game, the way he attacks the game, the way he thinks about the game. Because that's another thing that you get to see in this documentary. You get to see the mindset of Michael Jordan. You get to see how much of a tactician he was. You get to see how much he processed everything. And was able to be two steps ahead of each other. 
maybe other players on his team are two steps ahead of his opponent. There's stories you hear of him going to play golf before games and asking players who's guarding him tonight. And then once he found out, he'll be like, oh, I'm dropping 50. And he went out and he dropped 50, maybe even more. And if you trash-talked him and if he was having a slow game or a bad game and you trash-talked him, how he elevated his game and scored on you and you just had to be really quiet and be humbled and take that humble pie and just go home and reflect and lick your wounds. That's Michael Jordan. That is the mentality you don't see in a LeBron James. Yes, he's a freak of nature. Yes, he can do a lot of things. Better than a lot of players now. But. But. And there's a big but. His mentality. Is not on the level of a Michael Jordan. He. Does not. Attack. The game. The way a Michael Jordan attacked the game. Michael. Didn't want to be your friend. Michael aim when he played with you is to get to the promised land and once they get there win the chip and if you liked him great and if you didn't like him great but guess what you had to fall in line because this is what's gonna happen and with LeBron he's friendly with everybody everybody's his friend and you know he want the respect and he and that's great but Michael didn't care and that's probably why Michael achieved and did what he needed to get done and that's why the respect level of Michael is probably greater than a, from the elders than the respect level of a Kobe or even a LeBron. And this documentary also lets you see why most people think the closest thing to Michael is not a LeBron, but it's a Kobe. Because the way Kobe attacked the game, how his mentality was that of an assassin, his mentality was that of, look... I'm trying to reach the promised land. You either hop on this ride and play along or hop off and be left in the dust. I highly recommend that you guys check out the documentary. It's going to be a 10-part series. Two already left. It's on ESPN, wherever you are in the world. Maybe you can get ESPN online on the app. Or you can watch it if you have subscription to ESPN. It comes on every Sunday. Here in the U.S., it comes on 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I don't know what the time listings would be for in the world. I'm not sure if they have any of the documentary on YouTube. You can search that out or Amazon Prime or Netflix. I'm not sure. But I know for a fact it is being broadcast on ESPN and it's coming on every Sunday. Two episodes already went by. And so if you want to be able to catch up on what's going on, I think you should watch the first two episodes. And then the next two probably will be aired this Sunday. And I'm hopeful that you guys will watch it and get to understand why most people have the feeling and the mentality that Michael Jordan is the best thing that ever played basketball. And get why people think today's NBA is a little bit softer and weaker than it was in the 90s. You'll get a feel for what it was like then. You'll get a look in and what it took to become Michael Jordan and what it 
took for the Bulls to win six championships, three-peat twice. I think you guys will enjoy it. It's very good, and it's very eye-opening. You learn a lot of things about each player that's on that team. And basically, the mindset of a Michael Jordan. And maybe you'll be able to see what it takes to become a champion on that level. So I highly recommend it. And there are lessons to be learned from these types of documentaries that we can also implement in our own lives. So it's also important to watch to see what you can adapt in your lives to become successful, to achieve greatness in your own life, in your own families, in your own personal lives. So give it a look. I hope you guys enjoy as much as I'm enjoying so far. And please be safe. Please be careful when you're going out and coming back in. And just don't forget to be you and live by your own rules. Bye, guys.